What's up, guys? It's Mike from LRMOnline.com, and we got a special podcast today. Our very own Emmanuel Gomez got a sit-down interview with the legendary Eisner Award-winning Mark Wade, the man who's responsible for such comics as The Flash, Kingdom Come, Superman Birthright, having influences in Captain America, Fantastic Four, and Daredevil, and also over in Boom Studios, Irredeemable, Incorruptible, and The Traveler. Today, Mark Wade's going to be talking about the latest book he's come out with through legendary comics, Axiom. If you haven't picked it up yet, you need to. This is one of the best books, probably, of 2016 that's out there right now. Mark Wade doesn't disappoint. When he has his influence in a comic, you know you're going to get the best of the best. So Emmanuel gets to talk to him about it, pay it, you know, close attention, listen to all the details, and then afterwards, stop what you're doing, head to the comic book store, head to the bookstore, and make sure you pick up your own copy well, uh, of Axiom. Thank Action. you for the opportunity Check to talk out. to you. We really appreciate that. And um, what, um, yeah, definitely, we wanted to talk about the rise and fall of Axiom. Uh, yeah. obviously, obviously, you, the writer, uh, Eisner Award-winning Mark Wade. Um, we have the um, artist, Ed Bennis, colorist, uh, Den- Denny, R- R- how do you pronounce his last name? Uh, good question, actually. Uh, David? I, I believe it's Denai. Oh, Denai. I am completely off. Okay. Um, well, um Instead of me giving a summary of the book, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about the rise and fall of Axiom? Sure. I mean, it, it, to be perfectly fair, I mean, you know, legendary head Thomas Tull really, if he were not too modest, he'd be taking a co-plotting credit on this because it was it was his notion and his idea that I helped him bring to life. It's the idea of what happens when you know a benevolent hero and his uh, his wife show up on Earth from the stars, and they seem to be good people, but they are flawed, as all of us are. And uh, once he turns on humanity, uh, what happens to us? How do we fight back without other superheroes, without without anything that, you know, what do we do against a god as a, as a society, as a world? Um, it's, I touched a little bit on these themes years ago with Irredeemable, uh, with that was really a, a story about what would happen if Superman grew up raised by sociopaths. Uh, this is a different story altogether. This is, again, a Superman sort of pastiche analog, but it's really about fear. It's about uh, how it really sort of gives voice to my own personal frustration as to how much in the last 10 or 15 years we have let fear rule us as a people and as a society and I don't know other than pulling yourself out of a burning wreck of a, of a car I don't know any good decisions that are made out of fear you know um, it's not it's not something that I it's not a state of mind that I'm fond of and this is a story about what happens when the people of the world say we have had enough and we are going to fight back even though the odds are against us now, now you talked about about uh, people and fear, and and I did notice that ac- across the book, especially when um, different different behaviors that that people display when 
when they're confronted with different situations. For example, uh, his relationship with Victoria, or um, when when Cena, um, you know, passed away or passed through somewhere else. Uh, now we see the response in different forms, media, social media, just blank out outrage. Did, did you do any any type of research or any type of what did you look at anything specifically to to convey that that type of behavior, that type of emotion properly? Honestly, I just kept my eyes open and looked at the world around us. I mean, you know, it's it is the way social media informs stoking the flames. Uh, the way social media is now, the way we engage and pass information back and forth to each other, and how that sort of feeds the fire of emotion. As somebody who's been on the wrong end of the shotgun barrel there, uh, I, I certainly understand it. Uh, and, again, it really isn't a matter of research. It's just really a matter of trying to capture what really is going on in the world today to make it feel contemporary and relevant. Yeah, that, that is definitely correct. Social media tends to frame things up more than more than necessary at times. Uh, what would you like the, uh, a reader to take away from this? From the book after they put it down. Hope. I mean, it, it is it is as most of my work tends to be. In the end, a fairly optimistic story. Um, that doesn't mean that horrible things don't happen in it. But the the message of the book is very clear, which is that if you let fear rule your life, if you bow to fear, uh, you are unempowered. You are you are not in a position to make any sort of change in your life. You're not in a position to make any, any change in the world that does any good. Uh, stand up for yourself, stand up for others, and fight the good fight, win or lose. That's the goal. Most definitely. It, it is a roller coaster of emotion throughout the 144-page uh, graphic novel. And with that, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about, about some of the characters. Uh, let's start, obviously, with, with Axiom. How did you go about developing his character? Well, it was, again, Thomas and I knocked ideas back and forth. He had a really strong idea of what he wanted that hero to accomplish, but we didn't really talk much between us about the the power set or the, the specifics. And I, Thomas and I are both science geeks. That's a big help. We're both huge on on keeping up in the latest developments with with science, the scientific community. Thomas actually, as we started putting together the exosuit that our protagonist uses against uh, Axiom, and Thomas was calling in uh, NASA guys that he knows, and you know, and and weapons guys that he knows, like working in the in, in the government uh, and working in, in private contracting, uh, the cutting edge scientists to come in and talk to us about how this works. What can we do currently? This, what you know, what kind of weapons could we possibly forge against a god that might make any dent in his, his facade? Uh, so that, you know, like I said, a lot of that is Thomas. A lot of that is just figuring out what that's all about, and then it really just becomes about emotion. It's not a, it's not a very plot-heavy story, as I don't think it needs to be. I think it really needed about to be about the emotion of what it's like to. Uh, revere a god who then turns on you, and what do you do to, to survive now that you've been caught in the crosshairs of, you know, an Old Testament god who is wreaking havoc? 
Um, and you know, one of the, one of my one of my favorite characters in the story, just because I I personally see her a little bit more as a victim. She got thrown into all of this. Uh, Victoria, uh, the I kind of call her the the reluctant Lois Lane. Um, yeah. What, what can you tell us about her? Well, what I like about her is that she I was really going out of my way to make her a very every woman character. That she's not super glamorous. She's not you know, whip smart, you know, brilliant Einstein level. She's she is a good person with a good heart, but she has her own sets of fears and doubts. And as her we have a good scene with her and her mother where it really sort of comes out as to who Victoria really is and what the kind of thing she hasn't been thinking about. What is it like to mate with a god? What are you doing? Are you, you know, as, as her mother says, are you know, have you given any thought to the fact that you might just be gestating little space babies inside you without realizing it? And it freaks her out. So, and she's very much a good point of view character in terms of, you know, now that I've sold my soul to this this great being, you know, what what is the price? You know, what what is what do I get in return? And is it is it worthwhile? Yeah, m- most definitely my favorite character in, in the story. Just just in that sense. Um, now, we go on to what uh, you guys call in the story an axial maniac, uh, Kyle. Um, yeah. He's a, he's a very interesting character just due to the fact that um, from the beginning, and um, not going to spoil anything, there's a reason for it, uh, he's, he's very, very attached to um, Axiom, and he, he knows every bit of information, um, personality. Um, so he he's the, the leading expert in, in Axiom. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about him? Yeah, he's, you know, he's a point-of-view character. He's also sort of a stand-in for the fans and the readers. I mean, he's the guy who, <laughs> he's the Mark Wade to this guy, you know, this guy's Superman. He's the guy who knows everything about uh, Axiom, everything there is to know, uh, and has studied him more than anybody else. He's a huge fan, but that's exactly the guy you want to recruit when you've got to bring him down and once he's turned on humanity. And he's not I mean, he, hes not a super geek. It's not like he sits in his, in, his, in his room all day and reads comic books like I do. Uh, he has a real job. He works for the Department of Defense. But, you know, so he's got some credibility when it comes to, hey, let's recruit this guy. But he's recruited more for his knowledge and his insight. And, and again, it's not just trivia that he knows about the axiom. It's genuine insight, having studied this guy for years and being a big fan, really understanding how his how axiom's head works because that's the key fighting against a god is you've got to, if his skin is invulnerable, then you've got to strike it in through his mind. You've got to strike it in through his heart. Yeah, I mean, you de- you guys definitely have a great core of characters, and with with that, I want to move on to um, to the development of the characters through artwork, working with um, Ed Benes, who is, a, is an amazing talent. And um, how did you guys go about developing the characters, their look, their pers- you know, their personalities, to uh, for the book? Actually, that's that is that was an editorial uh, move, and I, I salute them. Uh, I actually didn't have anything to do with choosing Ed, but I certainly have no complaints. I mean, he is 
is a good superhero. He's a very good superhero artist, and I think he's a good balance because uh, the story is told in a very unconventional manner, and it's told about a very unconventional uh, hero turned villain. So if we had been drawn by somebody who didn't have superhero chops, I think it would have leaned a little bit too heavily in one direction or the other. I think that we're a good balance, and I think that's worked out really well. Um, any? Did you guys sit down and maybe talk about um, maybe making the characters very um, original? Because you know, in this day and age, with as many uh, superhero books out, um, how did you guys go about making Axiom and the rest of the characters um, stand out? On a visual level, or internally, yes. or what? Um, yeah, both. Well, I mean, on a, on a visual level, again, you you know, you 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 know, there are just certain things about superheroes. They fly. They have capes. Um, you know, they don't all, but that's the tropes that you think think of when you think about superheroes. And and you know, Ed did a really nice job of designing it. The colorist did a really good job of bringing Ed's work to life. Uh, internally, like I said, I just look. I've been I've been living with superheroes in my head ever since I was five years old. So. You know, I've spent more time reading superhero comics than I have doing anything else in the world, including probably sleeping. And so it wasn't really hard to find a new spin on things, uh, but the the opportunity to really run with that, and that's all on Legendary, to be able to give me that opportunity, and I'm really grateful for it. I mean, I think we've come up with something that people will really like. Yes, Nelly, it, it's an amazing book, and, and I do urge people to to go out to the comic book stores and, and uh, pick it up. Um, now, will we see any of these characters uh, in the near future? Again? I don't know. It, 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 you know, you buy enough copies and demand to see more, and we've left the door open for that world. Uh, it would be a vastly different story if we went back to that well, but, it, you know, the door is open for us to do more if there is demand for it. Sure. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to give too much away of the plot because it's it's something you you need to enjoy for yourself. Um, anything else you'd like to add about uh, Axiom? Um, I don't think so. I think that covers all the bases. Um, Adam, did I overlook anything? Uh, nope. I think you did an amazing job. Well, thank you. I wasn't fishing for compliments, but I'll take it. I just and, want to make and, sure we cover everything. And you get you but. can quote me on that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then I guess I guess we're good. If there's any follow-up that you need, just be in, you know get in touch with us and let us know. But uh, thanks for your kind words about the book. I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. No problem. Hey, uh, thank you for the opportunity to sit and, and uh, well, I'm sitting <laughs> to sit and talk with you uh, about Axiom. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Irredeemable. I'm still not 100% through with it, but I'm about halfway, and that's amazing. And they're just a uh, just to get this treat and, and follow up with, with a with a great book like Axiom is 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 just fantastic. I'm glad that Legendary gave you the opportunity to to do this with um, uh, Thomas. You, you said it was the was the brainchild for this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's just you know it's it, it's like a lot like most good ideas. Of legendary starts with Thomas. Yeah, it's it's Thomas Tall, the head of Legendary. Oh, okay. Um, more specifically, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's Thomas Powell. He's uh, the CEO of Legendary. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's uh, it, guys. Um, Thank you, Emmanuel, yeah, for 
taking the time to do the interview, but ultimately thank you to Mark Wade for being able to make time in his busy, busy schedule to talk about Axiom. Once again, if you haven't picked up Axiom, you need to. Emmanuel's review should be up by this weekend to give you a little bit more inside sources about Axiom. If you still have any doubts, but I don't see why you should have any doubts, you need to go to the store right now, pick it up, get it, read it, you'll love it. That's my. Uh, that's it for the podcast today. Make sure you check out our other podcast. We have the Los Fanboys podcast that comes out weekly with Joseph, Kelvin, and Mario giving you all the juicy details from the movies, TV news, and their opinions on how the DC Marvel Universe is uh, going forward. Also check out Comic Uno's a video on Mondays where she basically gives a rundown of what she thinks is entertaining for the week, what comics you need to pick up, what shows you need to be watching, what things you need to be picking up at the comic book store slash toy store slash bookstore, wherever. Also, and gives you insight on her opinions on some of the upcoming movies. And then The Weekend Warrior by Edward Douglas posted on Wednesdays. He gives you an inside view of all the upcoming movies, popular indie films, horror films, whatever genre, he's covering it for the most part. And also check out for his exclusive interviews that he posts out throughout the week. And then last but not least, make sure you check out the LRM TV podcast, especially coming up now in September when all the fall shows are starting to premiere again. We'll be giving you a weekly review of the stories plus all the in-depth news that we can cover in our short amount of time with Mike and Mark. All right, check back later.